Hey guys, Reverend Jess here. If you enjoy this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend. And also rate and review on all your favorite podcast apps because it helps the show get seen and it helps us build the congregation of The Church Absurd. Thanks for your time. Enjoy the show. Looking to expand your playlist? Well, Fat Lulz Radio has got you covered. Lose your religion with Reverend Jess and Deacon Sam over on The Church Absurd. Hear nerd culture get dissected on The Fickle Fanboy with RPM. Grab a drink and some laughs with the designated drinkers. Here's some solid interviews on Unseriously Serious. Do you want to get involved? Send your rant to the League of Infuriated Nerds. Also, check out the Fat Lulz Radio Associated shows. Get your not-safe-for-work talk radio fix on The Robin Slim Show. Get some life advice from Jerry and Callan from the bottom. And hear podcasts get roasted by the P-Bros on Pee on the Pods. All these shows and more await you at Fat Lulz Radio. Available through all your favorite podcast apps or wherever podcasts are heard. Fat Lulz Radio. Stuff full of entertainment. This is former governor of Minnesota, Jesse the Body Ventura, and you're listening to Church Absurd on Fat Lulz Radio. Investigate Tower 7. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. You need to shut the fuck up! You feel brains? No, we do Welcome, brothers and sisters, to the 35th episode of the... Is it the 35th? <laughs> 35th episode. God damn it. 35 or 36? No, no, it's 35, because... Susie the donkey lady was 34 35th episode of the church absurd i'm your host reverend jess joined by bitch lasagna deacon sam everybody <laughs> and we of course He's are joined over again. we are co- of course joined by our third mic the one the only it's not that time of the month for him so he gets to be cardinal chris today <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah all right gentlemen sam how was your week sam how was your week <laughs> Uh, it was fun. We went up to Indiana, saw the in-laws family, and it was, you know, that man, they're, they're gifts. They know us. Yeah. They got us a meat and cheese sampler tray with a little miniature cleaver and a slate serving board. Yeah. They got us a, a DiSorono box with a bottle of DiSorono and two glasses. Yeah. And then a, a little thing that it's uh, like tiny cornhole boards, but you use it to flip quarters into and had some drink mixes in there. So they pretty much know what we're all about. I already have a question. Yeah. De Serrano. Uh it's, it's a it's booze. Booze. Well, it's it's liqueur. I'd never honestly had it. I'd seen my parents making a lot of cocktails of out of it. It's a liqueur. It's not like a full on liquor, but it's not it's not as weak as some of the liqueurs, but it's like a almost like a cherry cordial. Like yeah. those little cherry candies. Yeah. yeah. It's like right. that. It was, it's pretty good. It's you can actually sip on it. Yeah. But just by itself but i would say by the sounds of it i thought it was like mexican ciroc <laughs> yeah i can understand that but uh uh you also had something unfortunate happen this week that we need to address because we talked about it on the at the end of the last episode we got everyone all excited for it for the merchandise oh yeah i got scammed no 3d <laughs> printer no no laser engraver none of that not happening what? it was a scam yeah, lost thirty bucks. <laughs> Some fucking Pakistani dude got his thirty bucks. And God, they should have at least sent you a box with a 
like a box with a bag of their sand in it or something like that. I don't know, or a camel dick, or, some, like, or at least some bitch lasagna. You know what I mean? Right? Oh, Speaking I, of camels, I did see a bunch of camels in someone's cow pasture the other day, and I almost stopped and left them my truck in trade of a camel because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just driving next to a cow pasture. I see this fucking huge ass cow with this long ass neck hanging over the fence, like towards the road, eating grass. And I was like, "That's not a cow." <laughs> Fuck is that? It's a camel. Uh, very, oh, there was like five camels just mixed in with all the cows out there, and I was like, "This is amazing." That's a very astute fucking like, very astute observation. That's not a cow. <laughs> oh man, I could just fucking picture you just like you know going going down the fucking street. You know what I mean? Just riding a camel, and then we just hear this in the saddle up the old. <laughs> hey, not anymore. Now that I shaved my beard. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> nah, I think it'd be the whole, uh, you know, the gif of the uh, ISIS anthem. That's I think exactly it'd be that what, one. What's playing here? Oh, yeah. I've heard the actual like upbeat part to it. I didn't hear the beginning. <laughs> yeah, sweet. It's actually pretty catchy. <laughs> A little bit. It helps me fall asleep at night. Oh man! Saddle up the old camel, <laughs> pilgrim. That's <laughs> the worst John Wayne I've ever heard. I don't do the impressions. You do. Saddle up the wagon, pilgrim. You know, like, like, I don't know. I can't do John Wayne either. I just make him sound like he has narcolepsy. <laughs> Saddle up the wagon, pilgrim. All right, Chris, how was your week? Actually, pretty good. Right. I don't think I'm gonna be at fucking subway anymore. Like for good. So I would, saw you there the other night and I laughed. I was like, ha, ah, he's back. <laughs> Since we tried not to mention names, assistant manager told me yeah. that... Uh, oh, we could say Brandy's name. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, she listened to the show. Yeah. Okay. Well, Brandy told me that by what she was hearing that I'm not going to be at Subway anymore after this week. Well, I mean... Because... Uh, <laughs> the, the worst part is she just left out the part or... <laughs> yeah, we told a couple. But, we told a couple of Subway employees they wouldn't be at Subway for much longer, and we'd pull them up. To yeah. yeah, they're yeah. still at Subway. Yeah, Subway yeah. needs coverage, and nobody want nobody in the right mind wants to work Subway. But not uh, the reason why she told me that is she wants to go full time. Yeah, they want to give it to her. Well, I mean, either way, all that ends up being is you working. You know, the two nights that I'm off, and then the afternoon shifts. So, I mean, it'll be good for you. Yeah. My week's pretty dope so far. Oh, pretty dope? Yeah. It's pretty dope. I'm on vacation, <laughs> I, I know, and I have to cover for you, asshole. I know. I ain't got to worry about a damn thing, though. I'm, I'm trying to stay with the company till the beginning of the year when I get the rest of my PTO, so then I can take my PTO and start a new job. Yep. So everybody's trying to do. Mom's gone at the first. He's gone at the first. Yeah. Jesus is gone. <laughs> On the 25th. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll be back the 28th. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, other than that, you know, I uh, got Preacher Season 3 in. Fucking flew through that. And yeah. God damn. Masturbated right through that. I'll tell you what, man. I almost <laughs> did. It's that fucking good. Oh, uh, man. If you're not watching Preacher, man, you need to fucking watch Preacher. It's fucking... It's primo. I still want to see Westworld. Uh, that's yeah, I mean, uh, I, I got it somewhere on a flash drive. You know, bring a flash drive over and I'll fucking... Oh, you right. sift through all the porn. 
No, <laughs> the most of what that what's on that flash drive is King of the Hill seasons. It's four point six terabytes of porn. <laughs> That's a big fucking flash drive, man. <laughs> like, no, uh, but uh, but yeah. Other than that, folks, I mean, shit's just you know, shit's just moving. Just shit's shit just, on a shingle. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're you know slowly slowly building towards the finale things are going to be great you know we got the lonnie christmas special coming up God it's going to be it. it's going to be primo but uh but yeah other than that folks it's uh i mean it's time to get in some spooky shit why not right let's do it yeah because i mean you know that's what the fucking show's here we're for fucking here for you yeah. at least i mean at least one of the things I mean, you're just stalling until you pull up the soundboard basically yeah. <laughs> you want to hear, hear about some spooky shit have you ever fucked a bitch in the ass pull out she farts and you just smell the ghost of your children <laughs> worst, part is, worst part is when she farts and it comes out like a fucking pneumatic cannon. You, know what I mean? you ever like, pulled out? You ever pulled out and smelled the fart of the child? <sighs> and here, and here he was. <laughs> and here he was saying Alex Jones should be off <laughs> social media and all and that. And then shit. they're just like, "You're a pedophile," and you're just like, "Oh, big word for a six-year-old." <laughs> I, that's the, that's the fucking double standard of the fucking world. If I fuck a kid, I'm a pedophile. But if a kid fucks me, I'm a pedophile again, <laughs> twice in a week. Dear, <laughs> this, uh, dear Abby, shout out! To I was, Bo, uh, shout out to Bo Burnham. That's his joke, not mine. <laughs> dear Abby, I was watching my neighbor's teenage daughter sunbathe topless in their backyard while I was masturbating in the window. But I found my wife standing over me with her arms crossed, watching. Is my wife a pervert? <laughs> <laughs> please, please write back soon. All right, folks. Well, it is that time. Let's get into some creepy shit. It's time for Unholy Beasts and Blasphemous Theories. Unholy Beasts and Blasphemous Theories. If you've never listened to the show before, this is where we look at cryptids, conspiracy theories, ghosts, all types of shit that get the mind moving. Shout out to Godsmite. Crying like a bitch. Fuck Godsmite. Thank you. God's- Thank you. Thank you, know, thank you, I thank know. you, Christian. I appreciate it. Can I borrow one of those CDs out of your trailer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Fucking. You should have said You can't it. respond to that, man. There's no responding to that. He just fucking owed you for shouting out to Godsmack. <laughs> there's, just, there's no coming back from there's that. There's one man. thing I can say. I did it out of love. There's one thing I can say. You should have said barn. It would have hit a lot closer to home. No, I was literally it raised in a fucking barn. <laughs> no, man. Fucking. <laughs> God, Godsmack. Is terrible. <laughs> I hear the song Voodoo and I just picture some trailer trash person just doing heroin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> should I have waited to say that until the cringe corner? <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, today on the cringe corner, Chris is going to try heroin. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right. It wouldn't be trying if I've already done it. Have you? <laughs> All right. Move you it. have to think about it? <laughs> what? I've, I've done a lot of shit. <laughs> oh, man. All right, folks. Let's talk about the Mother of Darkness castle. So uh, this thing has to do with the Illuminati, apparently. You a fan of the Illuminati? I'm a fan of the Shill Illuminati. The Shill Illuminati? Yeah. What's that? The Jewish version. <laughs> Shills? Get it? <laughs> All right, shut the fuck up for a second. Why is, why is Hulk Hogan wearing glasses in the picture? That's not Hulk Hogan, you fuck. It fucking lo- it's not. No, he just has a Fu Manchu. No, it's fucking that's, funny, though. Shut up. That's uh, that's Hulk Hogan. You know, that's his stunt double. Al Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, 
fucking apparently Fritz Springmeyer. Yeah, Fritz Springmeyer. This guy says that he cites a secret castle situated near the village of Muno in Belgium. The castle, according to Springmeyer, is the center of, of the occult and has a cathedral with a dome containing a thousand lights. Oh, spooky! <laughs> An electrician's nightmare. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's like Christmas all year round. They're just trying each individual bulb to make sure they're okay. Uh, The castle is referred to as Mother of Darkness Castle, and monarch programming is supposedly performed on children there. This castle is also known as the Castle of Kings. Its real name is Chateau de Amoureux. Amoureux. Amoroids. Hemorrhoid. Hemorrhoid. <laughs> Castle Hemorrhoid. Castle Hemorrhoid. And it's located in Bullion, Belgium, near the village of Muno. The castle in its domain, the Muno Forest, once belonged to Prince Philip of Saxe, Coburg, Gotha, the Count of Flanders, also known as Ned, and Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I diddly ho there, neighbor. Um, <laughs> and the father of King Albert I. Uh, he purchased the property in 1869 ooh, yeah, to the Marquis van der Newt, <laughs> Newt Dash. Newt Gingrich? <laughs> Newt Gingrich. <laughs> oh, man. The castle of romantic style was built in 1877. It has 365 windows. The castle was later bought by Alice Solvay, niece of the Belgian scientist and industrialist Ernest Solvay, and is apparently still owned by them. Presently, the Bush twins are 19 years old. <laughs> You're fucking children. You know that? Oh, Bush. Hey, they're not funny because of his vagina. Hey, they're not children. They're 19. <sighs> they're illegal. And in the Illuminati. <laughs> I'm coming. In the, <laughs> in the Illuminati hierarchical structure, they are being trained slash programmed to become mothers of darkness. That sounds like a fucking badass black metal right. band. You know what I mean? Like they're on tour with Cradle of Filth. Uh, a sealing ritual is required for females in the satanic bloodlines at age 19. An Illuminati multiple will carry on r- ritual functions at a number of different levels. Uh, there will be different altars for different levels and different <coughs> ritual dates. Uh, the back part of the system will not be worked until a sealing ceremony involving Egyptian magic at the age of 19 in late April or May. Between age 16 and 19, the deep satanic altars are working on path working. These path working will be completed before they are 19. The ceremony at 19 will include the 1,000 points of light ceremony at the super secret Mother of Darkness castle. Uh, this will be a sealing ceremony with the mothers dressed in black. Guards and heavy force protect the castle from view. The people in the nearby spooky village of Muno basically belong to the castle. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> the castle has a cathedral inside with a dome of 1,000 lights. The words 1,000 lights is an Illuminati buzzword. When the president used it it's to It's not a word. It's a sentence. That's true. <laughs> it's not a sentence. It's a phrase. Is it still technically a sentence? No, it's word? not. This is the content that we're working with here. Fucking grammar <laughs> correction. <laughs> like, this isn't an educational podcast, <laughs> man. This <laughs> is a comedy show, man. Like, we have a sense of humor as... As four-year-olds, and we're still trying to correct grammar. We're still trying to correct grammar. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, (laughs) when the president used it to describe the White House's Christmas tree, hierarchy people knew what he was signaling. The cathedral has a great hall with columns on either side, and the queen's mother's throne will be set up there. 
Okay. <laughs> According to Luciferian tradition, Jenna and Barbara Bush should have been flown to Belgium by their parents <laughs> to take part in their mother's da- mother of darkness sealing ritual on schedule. The optimum date would have been around May 1st, satanic holiday of Beltane. They were, however, still attending college at the time, Jenna in Texas and Barbara at Yale. This event would therefore have to be postponed to approximately one month later. Great details is put into all Illuminati plans to avoid exposure and make things look natural. A, fr- a foolproof cover story is always given. I think it would probably be worth mentioning that George H.W. Bush's reference to the thousand points of light was probably an allusion to this castle and ceremonies within. Why the fuck does it look like a Magic Gathering card? <laughs> the New World Order, the New World Order card yeah, fighting plus game. One to defense, right? <laughs> oh man, new pack coming out next year. Yeah, so so apparently, like all this shit, where it comes down the- to is like they sacrifice children in this castle, apparently, and uh, yeah, they drink their blood because apparently their blood has like some sort of fucking like chemical that's like allows them to gain more power. I guess is that like the Super Adventure Club on the South Park? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we have sex with these small children. We take all those whatever they call <laughs> the it, Marklars. the Marklars, and we live forever. Yeah, I kind of liked how after I made the joke, they're nineteen, they're illegal, and I'm coming. That it says they are going to become the mother of darkness. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you're only you're not really that dark. I mean, come on, your sperm's already broken. It'll be stillborn. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> terrible thing to say, but it's probably true. Uh, all right, so actually, never had a stillborn. You guys, yeah, I think you've never you've never had a stillborn. I, a miscarriage. I think we, in all honesty, we should go more in depth with Illuminati shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just as the episodes progress. Then we have to get fucking on here. Jerry Christ is what we refer him to. Oh. Yeah. I'll bleep it out. Don't worry. But, uh, but well, yeah. Good thing it's still not as <laughs> Let's move over to a real cryptid. Apparently, Michael Rappaport has found a cryptid. It's fucking terrifying. So let's take a look. <laughs> yes. Let's take a look and, and figure out what this is. Because it's, I mean, it, there's no words. It's, you know, it's terrifying. What the fuck is that? What the fuck? Is that a fucking cat? Hey, don't fucking look at me like that. That's a weird looking fucking cat. Is this the camera guy from facial abuse? (laughs) Yo, there's a stray cat outside. I don't want it starting a fight with Lucy. Lucy, it's okay. It's okay, Lucy. Don't worry about it. Ma! Ma, there's a weird fucking stray cat outside. It looks... It looks like grandma, the fucking thing. Hey, get the fuck out of here. I don't even know if that's a fucking cat. Blink, motherfucker. Hey, no, 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 no. All right. So it's uh, it's pretty terrifying. Uh, but the worst part is at one point, the fucker came back. So let's take a look. It's so funny. Guinevere loves that fucking video. What the fuck is that? What is that? Ma! Put the dogs away. There's something in the backyard. Ma, put the fucking dogs away. There's something in the backyard. Ah! Ah! Yeah. What the fuck? He's back. Oh. Ma. Call the fucking cops. That fucking cat is back. Yeah. The one that looks like it's wearing makeup. Call the fucking police. This is shit of ah! <laughs> 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 so yeah, it's uh, it's terrifying. 
It's terrifying. It's yeah, horrifying. 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 I didn't know there was a part two. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's a part two. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, shout out to Michael Rappaport. I'm sorry that uh, you're dealing with this monster in your backyard. <laughs> Just make sure you put the fucking dogs away. <laughs> Ma! Ma! Call the fucking cops! <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else we want to cover on Unholy Beasts and Blasphemous Theories? I uh, I did hunt down the uh, donkey lady of San Antonio in this area. Saw her at the local gas station. I yelled out, bitch, are you a donkey? <laughs> I hope you didn't. And she was I like, hee <laughs> Leo, tear on pump I witnessed this event. I needed to record it. <laughs> he just starts filming. He's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> ma, 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 get the gun! <laughs> Call the fucking cops, ma! <laughs> oh shit! All right, folks. Well, we are going to be right back on the Church Absurd. Falsco has a fucking ad, I guess. Well, I mean, we're at thirty-two. Yeah, that's about time. About how, time for the how, ad. And how much of that shit are we cutting out, though? <laughs> None of it. None it's going to go from 30 minutes to five. <laughs> oh, no, let me ask. Ma! <laughs> Ma! You got anything else to cover? <laughs> nah, she's good. <laughs> okay, uh, the one thing I do want to cover before we... Uh, get... Oh, my God. Uh, well, um, I may have gotten my hands on a Freemason's... Oh, yeah. And uh, if the audience is interested, you know, as we go into season two, we may be taking a look at that. So if you guys are interested in that, make sure to let us know. Yeah, yeah, let us know. Because the Freemasons, I mean, are basically very Illuminati-like. My grandpa was a Freemason. (laughs) He was buried with his ring on. My grandpa is a Freemason. He's still alive. Do you want to get him on the show? No. Because he's fucking suffers from dementia like a motherfucker, and it's gonna be funny as hell. He's gonna be like the other day we were at the mother of Darkness Castle. <laughs> I saw this weird fucking cat, <laughs> and, and I says to myself, "Ma, ma, put the dogs back, put the fucking dogs back." Oh man. Well, I do actually have something to bring to the table. It was a horrifying encounter with a monster. I was up in Indiana with my wife. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I went to see my grandmother after we had already done family things with my wife's side of the family. And my wife and I were taking my grandmother out to dinner, out to a lunch. When we were leaving, we passed. Leaving when we were leaving the neighborhood, we passed my mother. <laughs> my grandmother had said she was in town, but I was like, eh. And then we went out to lunch, but we passed her going towards my grandmother's house. And I didn't say anything to my grandmother because my grandmother didn't notice her. Because <laughs> my grandmother didn't notice her, but my wife and I did. Okay, okay. So we go out, we have a nice lunch, and we come back, and the whole time I'm just thinking, well, my mom knows I'm in town now. Because, because my wife's car is still parked at my grandmother's house, and we had taken my grandmother's car to fit everybody. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to keep this going on every beat. <laughs> so we pulled back up to my grandma's house after lunch. And I had been looking around trying to see if I could see my mom's car anywhere. Because I knew she'd be waiting. I didn't see it anywhere. So we pull into the garage and we're getting out of the car. (laughs) So we get out of the fucking car 
And all of a sudden, my mom just swings in right behind us, like, oh, hey, I just swing in randomly. We was like, no, we know you parked down the street somewhere. <laughs> so my mom literally parked. <laughs> my mom literally parked down the street and waited on us to show back up just so she could pull and be like, oh, hi, you guys are here. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. weird. That's so weird. That's weird. I know. Isn't that crazy? And I know she didn't see us when we were leaving the neighborhood because she was on her phone talking with somebody through her car, this and that. But, uh, yeah, it was just awkward. She wouldn't even, didn't even look at us. My wife said, hi, how are you? My mom said, good. How are you? While staring at the ground. And then she just walked right past me without even looking at me or saying a word to it's me. It's like your mom has autism. I know, right? <laughs> and we get inside and we're telling grandma goodbye. And grandma's like, come on in, sit down. We're just like, no, grandma, we got to get back. You know, there's freezing rain going to start tonight and this and that. And, and I was like, thank you for putting our wedding photo up on your uh, wall of grandchildren's wedding photos. And I see my mom just make a beeline for that room because <laughs> they still haven't seen any wedding pictures or anything. I don't blame you. Fuck those people. Yeah. Seriously, the fact that they like wouldn't show up, you dare us to see at the blank inn. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I, I didn't go to my sister's wedding, so I, I don't care that they didn't show up. It's the fact that they didn't even fucking call. And then they tell the rest of my family, oh, Sam's not talking to us now. And it's just like... I, you all stopped talking to me a month before I got married because I did it in the eastern, rural eastern Kentucky where I live. Right. Instead of going to some, you know, <laughs> the example of love. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, that was that was just awkward as shit and interesting, but I thought it was just fucking hilarious how she parked. Instead of just waiting at the house like a normal person, because we all know the code to get in my grandma's garage door open and know where the keys are. You know, she lets us go into her home. I mean, would, would that have been better, though, if like you just opened the door well, I mean, and then she's just sitting in a chair? Like looking like, oh hi, yeah. you know what I mean? Like she's smoking a cigarette. You know, she looks like she turns around in a chair like a Bond villain. You yeah, know? It, it honestly would have. She's been... stroking the weird looking cat. He's like, Grandma doesn't have a cat. <laughs> Ma! Ma! <laughs> no, it honestly would have been better if she had just waited at the house, but instead she wanted to go park around around the corner, like somewhere. a private investigator, Literally for two hours. We were gone for two hours. She went and parked her fucking car around the corner. And just waited. And I think that is just fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, that, it's just beautiful. I, God, my family sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we are going to be right back on the Church Absurd. Falsco has an ad and uh, buy, yeah. buy their shit. The time has come for one man to step forward and entertain. A man with a well-liked reputation from his friends. This guy's a real asshole. A man of brutal honesty. Another uh, comic told me that uh, real comics don't tell jokes, they tell the truth. Uh, so I told him he wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote a bunch of jokes. A man respectful of other cultures. I don't give a fuck who built the pyramids. <laughs> Buildings are fucking stupid. They're not even shaped like buildings. A man oozing competence. Hey, this is Chris Paw. I fucking hate myself. Chris Paw. Above Below Entertainment presents, in association with the Ad Hominem Attack Show and Companion Podcast, and One Man's Dream, an hour of stand-up comedy. Will it be funny? Find out in Apocalypse Now. 
Available now on all digital media. Physical copies are available at chrispocalypse.com. Support independent comedy. And we are back to the Church Absurd. Your host, Reverend Jess, joined by Deacon, Deacon Sam, Sam and Cardinal Chris. You gotta really emphasize that uh, lisp on that S. I'm waiting for him to go into snakes. Snakes! snakes! <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> All right. All right, let's get fucked up. Uh, uh, oh. A seven-year-old the other day yelled, get wrecked at me. Did you I, kill his parents? No, <laughs> it, was, it was my uh, my father-in-law's wife's child, so not one of his, so it's one of the weak ones. <laughs> <laughs> but I just kept smacking them around. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's uh, it's time for while that's fucked up. Up, man. That's right, folks. It's time for Why That's Fucked Up. This is where we look at fucked up shit and make fun of it. Like adults. And it is the suicide special today. K-Y-S. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, right now, we're going to take a look at you know some people who took the advice. Show yourselves. Now, let me just make this clear. We do not condone suicide. Unless you deserve it. Unless you deserve it. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So uh, the first one we're going to take a look at is uh, an old classic, if you will. Uh, one of the golden oldies. <laughs> like, uh, oh, 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 one of the golden oldies of fortune. <laughs> Since when do we not condone that shit? Well, I'm saying it's like, fucking natural selection. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> no, uh, but we're going to take a look at Bud Dwyer. Bud Dwyer was a guy who got caught doing some shady shit politically. So he gave one speech, handed out a couple envelopes, and let's take a look. Don Johnson. And where's John Donson? Where's Don Johnson? <laughs> Howard Johnson's right. Olson Johnson knows what he's talking about. Rowan. Long Don Silver. And here comes the envelope. What's he pulling out of there, Sam? It's a gun! That looks fake as fuck. Right? Oh. Yep. No, man. No, that's real. That's that's a large portion of his skull missing. That's a lot of blood coming out of his nose. His comb over came off. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Knock it up. Yeah, call the ambulance. Yeah, so there you have it, folks. One the guitar fell like one his of the, body. One of the first uh, televised suicides. Which is definitely not the last. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. The internet is a beautiful thing. And uh, <laughs> with the advent of Facebook Live and uh, the ridiculousness and Facebook of, Live murder. Yeah, the uh, the ridiculousness of uh, 4chan comes up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the R9K board, someone posts on that. I'm thinking about killing myself. They say live stream the fucking thing. <laughs> so you got to love humanity, <laughs> right? He's dressed like a member of Anonymous, which makes sense. Yeah. 
Cat vomiting rainbows. Lock cover everything up if you're going to kill yourself. Alright, this is another reason for your parents to be disappointed when they find you in the basement. <laughs> He's got a suicide note and a key, which means that he probably locked the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the bright side, I saw Tom. Yeah, put in the, the key outside. Mr. Brightside? <laughs> is that what you just said? I said on the bright side. At least you put Open tarps in. up my eager skull. <laughs> It says hi. Uh, it says by R9K with a timestamp three eighteen eighteen or three fourteen. What's he in elementary school? Why does he have graph paper? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. He's wearing a Nike shirt. All right, fucking Keltec KSG. You're like a twelve hundred dollar shotgun. And what we don't know is it's a pellet gun. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the Juggalo Rider kid. <laughs> got the BB gun, and he's got it pressed up to his skull. Someone watching the live stream is crying. Better check to see if the safety's off. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise that'd be embarrassing. Oh, the stream's not working, so... <laughs> the one thing I have to say is, at least he hung up a tarp. No, it's not him. He was nice enough to do that. Why is he on video call with somebody? He's not. He's streaming. Someone's doing a screen capture of the stream. Yeah. God, get your shit right. <laughs> How many times is he going to fucking cock it? And he waves. And he doesn't seem to be able to get it to work again. <laughs> it worked! Damn. It worked! Whoa. I want that shotgun. Right? <laughs> They're fucking awesome. Keltec KSG. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking a, awesome shotgun. That's a Keltec KYS right yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Ah. I'll tell you what, man. The internet is fucked up, and it is perfect for this segment. Let me tell you. I remember seeing one video of a kid who just, like, fucking cut his arm open. He just kept squeezing blood. Squaring. He's like, whoa, that's fucking cool. This is probably <laughs> the last video I'm ever going to post. He's like, <laughs> squeezing hard. Blood just pff, squirt out. Yeah. I don't know. As soon as I saw that shotgun, though, it made me think of, I think it's Black Ops 2. They was in Black Ops 2. Yeah, yeah. Shield shot the fucking slugs. No, those are my... Uh, you know how many people you can piss off with that damn thing? I know, those things are... I mean, you hold like 16 fucking rounds in it. It's got two magazines in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's got the bullpup style, so you got the shortened version, but you still got that long, you know, longer barrel, better accuracy, more maneuverability, and, uh, you know, easier to turn right back around on your fucking head in your apartment's bedroom. Yeah. Well, uh, you may be thinking that we're monsters for looking at this, and the reason that... And uh, we are. The reason that we look at this is because it's a reminder... And what that reminder is, is... Suicide rates go up a lot in the holidays. Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> That's just because of the music, what I'm, what I'm What I'm bringing here is, uh, you know, when you look and see somebody doing this, it's uh, it kind of, like, because you hear about, you know, someone doing it, and it's different. But when you see it, it's like, fuck, man. You know what I mean? Like, that dude literally just ended his life. You know what I mean? And... Yeah. He's got all these weeaboo posters hung up too. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, like I, I like I Again, jest. natural selection. Yeah. I jest, but like my whole standpoint is the reason we're looking at this is because it's a reminder, and that reminder is that when people do this, it it's real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so uh, special thanks to Reddit 
r slash watch people die for uh, sponsoring this episode <laughs> no, no they did not actually sponsor it but that's where i found this shit so yeah, i've seen this one plenty of times on 4chan i think i've masturbated sub- it masturbated to it a few times yeah, just, <laughs> just a couple times i think i have a new subreddit to follow <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah it's, it's rough but uh yeah so moving on let's talk about the cannibal cafe shall we i think that shows i'm an asshole because it's just entertaining people uh, are fucking stupid enough to record the shit all right well let's move on let's talk about armin muse armin muse is a german computer repair technician who achieved international notoriety for killing and eating a voluntary victim who he found via the internet is this the one the rammstein song's about Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is mine <laughs> time. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> After Muse and the victim jointly attempted to eat the victim's severed penis, Muse killed his victim and proceeded to eat a large amount of his flesh. Because of his act, Muse is also known as the Rottenberg Cannibal or Die Metzgermeister, the Master Busher. All right. So let's look at the description of what happened exactly. So I mean, naturally, we got to bring in the creepy music. Is there a video? No, there's not. I mean, there is a video, but but it's not available to the public, right? All right. Looking for a willing volunteer, Muse posted an advertisement on the website The Cannibal the Cafe, a defunct forum for people with a cannibalism fetish. Muse's post stated that he was looking for a well-built 18 to 30-year-old to be slaughtered and then consumed. Burned Jürgen Armando Bronze an engineer from Berlin answered the advertisement in March 2001. Many other people responded to the advertisement but backed out. Muse did not attempt to force them to do anything against their will. What a nice guy. You know what I mean? The two made a videotape when they met on March 9th of 2001 in Muse's home in the small town of Rottenburg, showcasing Muse amputating Brand's penis with his agreement, and the two men attempted to eat it together before Brand's death. Before doing so, Brand swallowed 20 sleeping pills and a bottle of cough syrup, likely causing an effect of slow bra- slowed breathing and extreme tiredness. Brands initially insisted that Muse attempt to bite his penis off. This did not work, and ultimately, Muse used the knife to, remu- remove to, remove. <laughs> <laughs> to remove Brand's appendages. Brands apparently tried to eat some of his own penis raw, but could not because it was too tough and, as he put it, chewy. <laughs> Muse then fried the penis in a pan with salt, pepper, wine, and garlic, and he then fried it with some of Brand's fat, but by then it was much too burnt to be consumed. Well, that's just a waste yeah, of a right? dick. That's just a waste of a no, dick. That's a wasted dick right there. <laughs> you just burnt the hot dog up. That's the name of the episode, a wasted dick. No. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> he then chopped the penis up into chunks and fed it to his dog. According to court officials who saw the video, which has not been made public, Brands may have already been too weakened from blood loss to eat any of his penis. Muse then ran Brands a bath before going to read a Star Trek book, while checking back on Brands every 15 minutes, during which time Brands laid bleeding in the bathtub. Later, Brands got out of the bath and collapsed, falling into unconsciousness due to blood loss. Brands continued to drift in and out of consciousness before finally collapsing again. After long hesitation and prayer, Muse killed Brand by stabbing him in the throat, after which he hung the body on a meat hook. The incident was recorded on a four-hour videotape. Goddamn. Maybe it's real, maybe it's Memorex. Uh, Muse ate the corpse over the next ten months, <laughs> storing body parts in his freezer under pizza boxes and consuming up to 20 kilograms, 44 pounds of the flesh. According to prosecutors... 
Muse committed the act for sexual pleasure. He did not fuck him, though. He died a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Admit it. You were you were going to say uh, it if I you, didn't. You beat me to it. Yeah, exactly. Eat a dick. Literally! Oh, man. You went kind of Pee Wee Herman with that. Literally! I'm a loner, Dottie. A rebel. <laughs> oh, man. That would have ended really differently if Pee Wee Herman was caught eating a penis in, a, in, an, in an adult theater instead of playing with his own. Oh, man. That's fucked up. <sighs> I wonder if he did the old funny movie thing of putting popcorn over his dick and he just rains down. <laughs> no, this guy this guy would have chopped the dick up into little pieces and like sprinkled it through Sauteed the popcorn. it up Stri- and then uh, sprinkled it through, in the popcorn. Through, yeah, through the popcorn it's like, a garnish. Like, like goobers. It's a fucking garnish. <laughs> it's like, like, like goobers, you know what I mean? You just throw it in the popcorn bowl. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, <laughs> that's fucked up. All right. All right, so uh, join us next week where we interview this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Fine cooking with, what was his name? Armin Muse. Armin Muse. (laughs) He's just like, yeah, we eat the penis. We eat the schwanze. I just imagine Christoph Waltz talking about (laughs) (laughs) The the Jew hunter. (laughs) The pew hunter. (laughs) Oh, man. Alrighty, folks. Well, moving on, it's time to cringe. Wow. Cringe with me, Dude. boys. <laughs> hey, it was an easy one. Like your mom. Probably. She's already been through three husbands. That's right, folks. It is the cringe corner. This is where we look at cringy shit and try not to cringe. But we do. But we always do. Like Armin Muse trying to eat a penis. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, um, if you remember last week, the sultry tale of Hermione and Hagrid. God Fuck. damn it! <laughs> Fuck! Well, we're no! gonna. No! It's time for. I don't wanna! <laughs> it's, time no! for it's time for another installment of fan fiction. Theater. God no! damn it! But. No! The good, no- the good news is. <laughs> the good news <laughs> is. <laughs> the good news is you guys get to pick your poison this time. I will give you two descriptions of words you know, and everything like that. Two descriptive words and you determine which one you want to read. God damn it. Now, do They're you both want, going to be the wrong choice. I hope you realize. The words you have to choose from are mushrooms or propane. Propane. King of the Hill, let's do this shit. <laughs> All right. Am I going to have to be Peggy or Luann? You're getting pegged. So you choose propane. Yeah. All right. Well, because of that. (sighs) Okay. No, I'm down for this one. Does Bill do any raping? Yes. Yes. All right. So. I'm Bill. Let me fucking. uh, I'm the head of this show. Let me fucking. If you're Bill, does that mean I'm Ted? No. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) All right. I had to. (laughs) Sam, in this story. You are going to be William Delator Dotrieve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Chris, you get to be Hank Hill. Yay! I'm gonna get you. Boy. And and Peggy. 
and any characters that come up that is not Bill Dotrieff. <laughs> Why do I have to be so many? Because you have you have interrupted this episode <laughs> far too much. So, are are we ready, gentlemen? As always, I'm the narrator. Yes, we are ready. Okay. This is even worse. For years, every one of Bill Dotrieff's so-called friends, especially his idol, Hank Hill, considered him a burden and a joke. For years, he had always repressed the building rage from the years of insults and abuse. But now, he realized that rage is a powerful energy that, with diligent practice, can be transformed into fierce compassion. Bill Snaps, the story of the Hill Family Massacre. (laughs) At first, Bill was disgusted by the thought that had quickly flitted through his meager brain. He easily pushed it out to make way for the barren loneliness, self-loathing, obsession with Lenore, and general emptiness that were his mind's usual stock and trade. Nevertheless, the thought returned, rarely at first, but soon with increasing frequency. It was hard for him to remember time anymore, beyond whether it was morning, noon, or night. Now what he knew was a sick, disgusting thought that crawled through his veins and overpowered his feeble psyche for all three. Quietly, remembering his basic training from the army, Bill stalked through the hill's lawn and slid their back door open. He lifted his arms above his head and turned sideways. As he entered, the peak of his large stomach grazed the edge of the door. His fat buttocks pressed against the doorframe. As he walked in the dark through the kitchen and living room that he had insinuated himself into so many times before, but now took as his own, he briefly, in his low way, realized that his stink was noticeable in this clean home. He had not smelled himself in his own dirty hovel. He did not think it would wake the hills and get in the way of what he planned to do, at least not this early on. So he squatted to untie his filthy boots, which covered fungus-infested feet, and stepped out of them. As he rubbed the top layer of the foot infection into the hill's long, clean shag carpet, he smiled. It felt good, but he was also thinking of the time that a charlatan had convinced Hank that the house had a mold problem. It was not a cruel smile, but a nostalgic one. Old Hank had been so worried about a little mold. Bill shook his head slightly. He lumbered, breathing heavily but very quietly, towards Bobby's room. Bobby, for a brief break in Bill's fevered imaginations, a human being again, ceased his death struggle. Now Bill could do as he wished for the piglet. Bill realized that he had ejaculated a copious amount of semen into his pants at some point during the strangulation of this piglet. He had not noticed when it happened. It did not matter. There was more where that came from. He slowly unbuttoned the piglet's nightshirt, slid off its pajama pants. It had not been wearing underwear. Again, Bill giggled quietly under his breath. His anger grew again, hotter and darker this time, as he thrust into the piglet's fat little body. He further twisted the bent backward arm, and both heard and felt the tendon snap. With his other hand, he punched the back of the piglet's head twice, then pressed its face into the pillow as hard as he could, continuing to wrench the arm, now only connected by loose flesh around. Bill clenched his teeth, seized violently three, then four, then five times, and was finished with the piglet. He slowly slid out, savoring the sensation. 
He wrapped the piglet in the bed covers and whispered in the dead boy's ear, Piggy in a blanket. <laughs> then he giggled again under the brownder's breath to himself and walked casually out of the room, pausing for a moment to take one last look at his work before heading back toward through the living room and towards the garage. He had not bothered to dress himself or even wipe the blood, semen, or grime from his fat, hairy flesh. On his way to the garage, he stopped in the living room and defecated on the hill's coffee table, smearing the feces around with his wide, hairy rear end. How many times had he been in this garage obediently doing as Hank had told him, begging only for company and attention of his friends and their family? Bill was a stupid and forgetful man, but he knew exactly where Hank kept the duct tape, the tie-down straps for his truck, the drill bits, and the power drill. Right on his charger, of course. Bill gathered these things and began to walk back into the house. He stopped then, turned, and went back to the workbench for Hank's largest claw hammer, which was hanging in his place on the pegboard. Quietly, he walked back through the living room, his eyes and nose fixed on the pile of filth he had left smeared across the hill's coffee table. The reek was terrible, even by his standards. He knew he would have to hurry now before the smell woke Hank and Peggy. This angered him, as he wanted to take his time and make the evening last. However, he would only have to hurry through the next few steps. Then, he could take all the time he wanted, at least until morning. He walked into the master bedroom, feeling for the first time in years since his high school football or early army days, powerful. Quietly, he laid everything but the claw hammer at the foot of the bed. Hank stirred. Bill strode across the room, knocked Peggy's glasses from the nightstand, raised the hammer high in his right hand, and dropped his fil filthy stomach with a fair amount of his own semen and their son's blood still covering it over Peggy's face as he brought the hammer down, hard and square on Hank's temple. Hank kicked and spasmed, one, but after that, he was still. Bill could not check if he was still breathing because Peggy was struggling under him. She was a strong woman, of course, but her strength did not match Bill's massiveness. Peggy, stop fighting or I will hurt Bobby. She froze, and Bill giggled through pursed lips. His penis was hardening again. Don't you move and don't you make a sound or I'll hurt Bobby, remember? Bill said as he slowly began to drag his foul weight across and off Peggy's face. Once he was off, Peggy blinked through her grimaced face. She instinctively felt for her glasses and seen and whispered, Hank, Hank. With her other hand, she reached for her husband and felt sticky wetness. She gasped. Oh. Hank, Bill had seen in... No, no. Just, just, Hank! Oh. Hank! Bill had Sorry. seen enough and could stand no more of this disobedience. She was both moving and talking, holding the hammer in her other hand, in his other hand. He punched her savagely three, perhaps five times in the head and face with his left hand. As he did so, he screamed. Damn you, Lenore! Do as you are told! A wave of worry shook Bill. How loud had that have been? Could any of the gribbles or... Susan phones heard. Probably not Boomhauer. He tried to remember if he had ever heard Hank yell from his house. It was no it was no use though. His dull mind could not recall. Peggy was not the kind of woman who becomes hysterical, even at a time like this, but Bill could tell that she was scared, shocked, and dazed. He giggled. Hank groaned. Hank, please. No, no, just, uh, uh, Hank groaned. Uh, <laughs> make, it, make it more audible, please. Uh, 
Bill. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a half-assed ejaculation. Just, uh, well, if anything, it's Hank Hill, so wouldn't it be? <laughs> Bill walked quickly around the bed and hit him with the hammer again. This time in the forehead. Peggy moaned and sobbed. Hank, please stop. As Bill tossed the hammer to the pile with the other things, pulled Hank's limp body off the mattress and drug it toward the foot of the bed, he said, Now, Peggy, I hurt you and you just kept going, so now I'm going to hurt Bobby. If you keep going, I'll hurt him worse. He giggled again, thinking to himself of the boy's already lifeless body in the bedroom down the hall. Bill could sense in in the darkness that Peggy had become tense and rigid on the side of the bed when he said that her little man would be harmed. This excited him. As Bill used the duct tape to hogtie Hank, he realized that his penis was again fully erect. Lust filled him. He stood and walked back to the head of the bed. At this angle, his befouled, turgid penis and hairy, stinking testicles matted in sticky wetness were at level with, (laughs) or no more than six inches away from Peggy's face. You've done me wrong, Lenore, Bill said, panting. Now you're going to do me right. He reached roughly with both hands to twist Peggy's head and with it, Peggy's mouth towards him. She resisted in disgust, but two hard punches to her jaw loosened both her neck and her mouth. Bill shoved the first three fingers of each hand into her mouth, pulling her top and bottom teeth apart. Then he pushed his penis, the penis that had been Peggy's dead son, Anus, less than a half an hour ago, into the gap between. The combination of Bill's pent-up frustration with Lenore and his long-simmering desire for Peggy led him to ejaculate quickly down her throat. As he pulled his penis, now cleansed of the piglet's blood and feces and his own semen but not the bluish-green fungus that grew at its tip out of Peggy's mouth, she vomited. Hmm. Looks like someone made a tasty dinner tonight but didn't invite me, Bill said in a friendly voice. He then took the duct tape and tied down straps from the foot of the bed. He decided that he had heard enough from women in his life. Enough of their lies, enough of their insults, enough of their rejection, enough of their shrill arguments. He had no more use for Peggy's mouth, so he taped it shut as she continued to dry heave. He then used the tie-down straps to strap Peggy to the bed, with wrists secured to the headboard and her spread legs tied to the footboard at the ankles. He walked into the hill's master bedroom with the dual sinks. Anger and jealousy were all that washed over him therein at the small reminders, the two sinks, of the quietly loving marriage that the hills shared. He found a pair of long scissors under what seemed to be Peggy's sink. He laid down on the bed next to Peggy, his face inches away from hers, and said, You know, Peggy, I'm a barber, and I don't hardly ever get to use any scissors. It is because I'm a barber for the army. I bet you did not know that about me. It's because in the army, you only get to use clippers most of the time. He ran his fingers through her hair, which was short for a woman's, but seemed long to him, with his own male pattern baldness. And his life, where virtually the only human beings he ever had any contact with were men, many of them shaved or crew-cut grunts. He slowly waved the scissors in front of her face, giggling. Giggling. He grasped the lock of her hair between her thumb and index finger, pulled and then snipped it off with the scissors, leaving only a crookedly cut half inch or so. He sprinkled the hair down the length of her body. Then he repeated the process again, again, and again, each time pulling a random lock of hair and snipping it. Peggy seemed to have been crying when he returned from the bathroom. He thought it was from the forceful fellatio. Now the tears streamed down her face. 
This charged Bill's anger yet again. What right did this woman, with her home and marriage and child and body parts, have to cry? On the next cut, Bill again pulled the lock of her hair, but instead of simply cutting, he dug the sharp tips of the scissors into Peggy's head around the hair before cutting it out, roots and a small piece of scalp coming with it. Peggy screamed through the duct tape. At the foot of the bed, Hank groaned again. Peggy, the boy. Bill decided it was time to put the power drill to use. (laughs) He got up and walked to the foot of the bed and lifted Hank's hog-tied body, putting him on his knees with his shoulder leaned back against the foot of the bed. Hank was grunting, moaning, and squinting in the darkness. Bill picked up the power drill and chose a medium-sized bit. He stared at Hank as he fixed the bit to the end of the drill, and Bill squeezed the trigger twice quickly. And the whirring wind of the drill seemed to confuse Hank as it caught his attention. Bill reached out with his other arm and dug the tip of his thumb into the bleeding welt where he had earlier his hit Hank on the temple with the hammer. Hank jerked and groaned. Hank jerked and groaned. (laughs) Bill's face was only inches away from Hank's in the darkness. He could see Hank's eyes roll back into his head. His head then fell forward and he had passed out again. Bill took his hands away from the wound and went to Hank's nightstand. His glasses were still there and the scissors still lay on the bed near Peggy's face. Bill turned on the lamp, took the glasses and scissors to the foot of the bed. He set down the drill, scissors, and glasses a few feet from Hank, stood up to take a step back and grasped his half-flaccid penis in his right hand, pressed the butt of of his palm into his lower back, and released a jet of hot, stinking urine onto Hank's head, face, neck, chest, and stomach. After a few seconds, Hank began to stir. After a few more, he was shaking, his head back and forth pretty weakly, spitting, coughing, and gagging. (coughs) I don't fucking know. After what seemed like more than a minute and several squirts and shakes, Bill had no urine left in him. He picked up the glasses, which only had a few drops of urine in them, and gently placed them on Hank's face. Then he picked up the drill again. Hank blinked and squinted at the monster that stood before him. Bill, Bill, no! His head, no! His head fell forward and he began to shake, sniffle, and sob. Oh. Why are you doing this? Hank asked, his voice a mixture of sadness, pain, and disappointment. We're friends. Friends? Bill asked. Look at me. Look at my life. How could a friend let this happen to me? Bill asked. Then in an overblown voice that showed his sarcasm. I know because you've got it so rough. It doesn't matter that you have a wife and a boy. At this, he turned his head to the side to suppress the giggle that he had began to force (laughs) its way up its throat. A wife and a boy, a family. No, none of that matters because poor Hank has a narrow urethra. Poor Hank's narrow urethra is why he can't help old Bill. Well, friend, I'm your friend, and I want to help you with your narrow urethra, Bill said as he picked up the scissors. He stuck them in the leg of Hank's boxer shorts. Please, Bill, no, Hank said quietly. Why not, friend? Bill asked. I just want to help you. We're friends, right? He cut off Hank's boxer shorts and picked up the drill. Bill, please, Hank whispered as Bill picked up the drill with his right hand, grasped and pulled Hank's shriveled penis with his left Please help you with your narrow urethra? Bill sure, a- Bill asked. Sure thing, friend. <laughs> Bill pulled the drill's trigger and 
plunged the bit into the hole in his fist where he had squeezed Frank's penis. <laughs> Bill felt his left hand become warm and wet. He could also feel the vibration of the drill in his right hand and the vibration of the bit in his, in his left as it dug deeper and deeper into the rubbery flesh of Hank's penis, pouring out a larger and larger hole. Hank was screaming. Bah! <laughs> Fuck, my voice cracked. <laughs> Bill had only heard Hank scream in pain once, the moment he broke his ankle in the Texas State High Football Championship game. That was absolutely nothing compared to this, though. When all Bill could feel in his left hand was a warm, wet mess, he began to worry that he might hurt himself with the drill bit. He released the trigger, and without bothering to reverse the drill, yanked the bit out of the hanging, tattered flesh that used to be Hank's penis. Hank threw his head back, wept, and whimpered. <laughs> wept and whimpered. You just had your <laughs> cock drilled. <laughs> wept and whimpered. So emotion, man. Emotion. Hey, enough pain can make you pass out. Leave I'm me just, alone. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I, emotion. Get it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on. I need that emotion. Come Give on. me that sweet emotion. <laughs> you missed. Anyway, continue. There, there we go. <laughs> Bill threw the drill in the corner of the room and wiped his hand across his pimply, hairy chest. There now, you don't have a narrow urethra anymore, Bill said proudly. He realized Peggy was emitting short panic screams muffled by the duct tape and thrashing around against the tie-downs. Bill picked up the hammer, thumbed the claw end. It was not exactly sharp, but it would do. Standing over Peggy with a terrible grimace on his face, Bill raised the hammer, brought the claw down end, claw end down hard, digging it into her skull and scalp near where he had cut the flesh earlier. His eyes rolled back. Her eyes rolled back in her head as she was tensed once and then went limp. Bill pounded his palm against the head of the hammer, digging the claws in deeper. When he was satisfied that they were deep enough, he pushed down firmly on Peggy's face with one hand and jerked back roughly on the handle with the hammer on the other. It was working. A large gash opened on Peggy's forehead. And on the third jerk, it connected with where he had previously cut her. By the fourth pull, the gash was big enough for Bill to get the tips of his four fingers on the hand, which he had been using to pull on the hammer into it. Grasping the flap of the scalp between his fingertips and thumb, pushing down on hard on Peggy's head with his other hand, Bill pulled back as hard as he could and ripped half of Peggy's scalp off the top of her head. He kept pulling, but the angle was not right, and he could not get the rest of her scalp off. He got the scissors, and squeezing as tightly as he could, he was able to cut through the flesh and hair that he had pulled away. He placed it delicately, delicately on top of his own bald head. Not a bad job of barbering, he said. Not a great job, but not a bad job either. He then walked to the foot of the bed, roughly and awkwardly pulled Hank, who was still hog-tied up, and laid on top of Peggy, so the top of Hank's head was near Peggy's chin, and Hank's knees were at the bottom of the bed, between Peggy's spread ankles. The piece of Peggy's scalp fell off his head in the process. When he bent to pick it up and put it back in place, he saw the enormous puddle of blood that had been soaking into the hill's bedroom carpet. He spread Hank's knees to get a better look at the destroyed genitals. Indeed, Hank no longer had an airy urethra. Instead, there was a gaping bloody hole with tattered pieces of flesh all around it. This gave Bill's feeble and diseased mind a sick idea. He climbed onto the foot of the bed between Hank's spread knees between Peggy's between Peggy's spread ankles, 
wiggling his fat and pale, filthy, gory, stinking body into position. He could film the warm wetness of Hank's new hole on the end of his penis, but he was flaccid. It had been a busy night. Bill closed his eyes, leaned his head back, reached between his legs, and began to rub his fungal, dirty penis with his hand, lubricating it with Hank's blood. He thought of Lenore, of the piglet, of Peggy, and of Hank. After a few moments, his penis began to stiffen for the third time of the evening. As it did, he slid it into the gaping wound where Hank's manhood used to reside. Hank began to stir and awaken as Bill's thrust hit their stride. He began to whimper. Mm. Bill no. cr- Someone's fucking the hole that used to be your genitals. Whimper a little louder, please. No! Uh, <laughs> no! Bill cried out in ecstasy. Bulldozer! 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 <laughs> Repeating his high school football nickname repeatedly, the chant slowly dissolved into feral grunts and growls as the last pretenses of humanity left Bill and he became an animal overwhelmed by rage and lust. He, he climaxed hard. <laughs> Bill withdrew himself and stepped back. He walked to the dresser and found a pair of socks. (laughs) Hank was coughing and dry heaving. He had vomited on Peggy at some point. Bill stuffed the wadded socks into Hank's mouth, wrapped the duct tape around Hank's head several times to secure them there. Bill had heard of something called a thousand-mile stare in the army, but had never understood what it meant until he looked into Hank's eyes as he gagged him. Bill walked out of the bedroom, down the hallway, returning to the piglet's room. He took the bundled body in his massive flabby arms and carried it to his parents' bedroom where he laid it face to face with its father. Hank began to shake violently as if having a seizure at this and passed out. Next, Bill went to the garage and got two, four, two of the four tanks of propane Hank kept there. That man sure did love propane, Bill thought, smiling his nostalgic si- smile and shaking his head. He also took the full can of gasoline Hank kept by the lawnmower carried the gas can and propane tanks to the hill's bedroom. He opened the valves on the tanks, walked out of the room, pouring gas from the can on the floor, shutting the door behind him. He then continued to pour the trail of gas onto the carpet into the living room, where he sat the can down by the couch. Then he went to the kitchen, found a box of matches, and in the refrigerator he found a six-pack of Alamo beer cans. He held the box of matches and the single empty ring of the six-pack in one hand, he walked to the telephone with his free hand lifted, dialed 911, and dropped it on the floor. He walked into the living room, sat on the, sat on the couch, putting his feet up, sinking his fungus-infested heels into the stinking feces that he had left on the coffee table. It stank so badly, he could barely smell the gasoline soaking the carpet behind him. And he could not smell the propane yet at all. He opened the first beer, took a long drink, then he belched loudly Burp. and said to himself, <laughs> Yep, I'm king of the hill now. That was a cheesy fucking ending. Finn. <laughs> God. So what are your, what's your thoughts? <laughs> I would not have taken credit for this. <laughs> I would not have taken credit for this. He seemed a little too proud of this. <laughs> and I finally realized... If I'm going to keep doing this podcast, I need to get my hands on some acid or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of The Church Absurd. Be sure to follow all your favorite uh, podcast 
on the fat low fucking let me try that again uh be sure to follow the fat lows radio shows including fickle fanboy with rpm designated drinkers on seriously serious be sure to contribute to the network with the un- with the league of infuriated nerds check out the associated shows robin slim from the bottom and pee on the pods Alrighty. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter uh, at the Church Absurd uh, Networks on Instagram at Fat Lulls Radio Pods. Um, yeah, share the show with friends. We want to build up the audience. Everyone needs to hear this shit. Make sure you show it to your mother and your grandmother, specifically grandma. Yeah, grandma know. could really appreciate what we have to offer here. Yeah, and join us next week when we talk to Sam's grandma. No, and we have her perform one of the fan fiction theaters. No, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but no, uh, but yeah. Uh, other than that, folks, anything else we want to talk about before we get out of here? Trump's penis. It was that where we were going if we had chosen mushroom? No, it was that Mario murder rape fantasy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> join us next week for the mario <laughs> no uh all right so um yeah this is uh we got one more episode after this and then it's a uh, season finale time and then we kill ourselves <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's, that's just how it ends and make sure we kill ourselves keltech <laughs> always reliable <laughs> make sure to check it out we're live streaming on facebook yeah all right folks um yeah other than that um thank you guys so much for listening uh, and we appreciate you sitting through the dark humor with us. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Embra- right. Embrace the dark humor. But mm. uh, let the hate flow through you. Yeah, exactly. That was a good show. Don't so, be afraid to be a racist bigot. It happens. I don't, I yeah, don't, we're not, I don't back that one. Yeah, no, we uh, we do not support that one from Sister Christian. Yeah. Really now? <laughs> yeah. It's that time of the month. Yeah, After all the end bombs, hey, it's got to be hey, cut out. Every it's episode? racist when you say end bomb, but it's not racist when you say n- <laughs> you know you're just making it so like i find the worst possible shit right i wouldn't want it any other way i'm just saying <laughs> he likes it, rough. it any other way you know how you know how much of a, I'm, gonna, I'm probably gonna be editing from three o'clock in the afternoon until about 10 o'clock at night hey it's only been like said five times on this episode doesn't matter tops it doesn't matter there's plenty of other shit i got he's about to make it six i know it in his voice <laughs> africa know okay bless the reins i guess (laughs) but yeah uh other than that folks like i said thank you very much for listening to us um yeah um you know if uh if you're a cannibal you know just get on cannibal cafe eat some penis eat a penis (laughs) uh a blue uh, wiener this is a random comment earlier eat a dick if you love if you love the show king of the hill sorry for ruining that for you that's how the that's how the series ended yeah that was was the real season and what the fuck did it say his middle name was uh, William, William, it was Delator. Yeah, just, he's got he's got like Cajun French background. Yeah, Delator, uh, okay. Fontaine, stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, but Roth uh, child, <laughs> Trump, <laughs> Trump. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Uh, other than that, folks. I mean, uh, yeah. Let's you know, let's get out of here, and then uh, yeah. All right, we're doing the mumble. T- All right, folks. Well, uh, until next week, we'll we'll see you then, and uh, get excited. Next week, season finale. Yeah, grow too messing yeah, in exactly. anticipation. Exactly. I know Christian doesn't understand what that means, but that means get a boner. Yeah, he's getting he's getting moist. <laughs> Actually, honestly, I haven't heard of that before. Like, I haven't heard that word. Seriously, man, get excited for the season finale. We got Lonnie. You know, we got everything. We got we, we got all types of shit going on. We got Lonnie. We got Bigfoot. We got that nine-year-old Filipino boy that's been marinating in the closet. Yep. My, I mean, like, like my, my dick is hard just thinking about it. My pussy's wet. You know what I mean? I'm gonna caramelize his onions all all over <laughs> all over my face, neck, and chest. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, until then, folks, 
This is the church absurd saying, go in peace and tear the world to pieces! This has been a Fat Lowell's Radio production. To hear more shows like this, go to soundcloud.com slash Radio. 